0: The Healthy Golf Podcast, episode 12 with Gary Boys. Welcome to the Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast, and today I'm excited to bring on Gary Boys. Gary is the owner of The Mind Zone. He is a mind coach who helps golfers, again, get over mental roadblocks and enjoy the game of golf. Uh, Welcome to the show, Gary.
1: Thanks so much, Joe. It's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Uh, Why don't we get right into it? Um, You can uh, give us a little bit more background about yourself, kind of what the mind zone is, and how you kind of got to where you are at this point.
1: Okay, Uh, that's that's great. The mind zone, I sort of um, came up with this because as a golfer, uh, I was always told how lucky I was. And it never occurred to me. Um, I just thought, well, you're you're born with luck. Well, clearly, you're not born with luck. Um, It's something that I believe you can actually create uh, for yourself and I started to get in many years ago into the workings of the mind, very much into hypnosis and and mindfulness, many people have heard of mindfulness, meditation etc and it occurred to me uh, a few years ago how phenomenal our mind actually was. So being a lover of golf and being called lucky all the time um, I decided to set up this company Uh, to help other people become luckier when they're playing golf. Um, So the idea being, uh, again, the, the times I've been playing golf, Joe, and I'll very occasionally may carve one into the trees, and lo and behold, it comes out on the fairway. And my playing partners would turn around and say, if that happens to me, it goes further into the woods. So I cheekily used to just turn around and say, well, you make your own luck. So. The mind zone is, is literally getting the most uh, out of uh, what you've got, this phenomenal piece of kit that you've got between your ears. And if you could go out and achieve better scores, lower scores, um, have more enjoyment. If you're shooting low, lower scores at golf, you generally will have a lot more enjoyment. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, so that's why I set the company up, Joe.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm, I'm not the greatest golfer whatsoever. I just truly love it. And I mean, mm. I mean, I, I'm not great by any means, but I still like getting out there and doing, doing well. I usually have a few holes where I just fall apart and that seems to ruin the score, but, um, and I can't seem to put my finger on what it is. I mean, I, I know where I'm making mistakes, but what exactly I'm doing at the moment is is hard to tell. Right. Um, mm. but I still enjoy the game despite, you know, sometimes how how well I don't do. Obviously, if I was doing much better, it would be much more enjoyable. Um,
1: Absolutely. Uh, and I, I think Joe, you are like every other golfer, me included. We are all more than capable of hitting a bad shot. Um, the secret of it of harnessing the power of your mind is not to play two bad shots. Uh, now you'll see some of the pros on, on tour, the the guys, the girls, etc. They'll play a bad shot, but they very rarely play another bad shot. Uh, whereas us, as, as um, where our careers don't depend on this, uh, we are possibly top one off the tee, and we think we've got a long way to go yet, so we really try and hit the next one even harder. And of course, we know the dangers of that, and you end up with a little blob on your card, and that blob leads to another blob, etc. So um, yeah, that, that's why I set up the, the mind zone um the great thing and, and you've said this already joe is from the majority of people if not all even the the pros that are trying to keep their card for the following season um this is a game that we play for fun for enjoyment uh, for relaxing and i'm sure you as well as i have seen so many golfers out there uh frustrated angry throwing clubs beating the ground with their clubs. And I often turn around to them and say, hang on a minute, what? why are you playing this game? Oh, I love it. I said, well, chill out, chill out a bit more. Or,
0: yeah, the uh, I forget how long ago it was now. A couple of weeks ago, I just went out for a round with a friend and we got paired up with uh, one other guy who obviously we didn't know. Yeah, um, And he wasn't a bad golfer by any means whatsoever. I mean, he did much better than my friend and I. And, um, but when he made a mistake, he, uh, man, he really let himself have it. Like he had his own self-deprecating statements that he would say to himself. And, um, the play that day was, uh, particularly slow and Mm -hmm. he was not very pleased. Like he really let that get to him. Yes. Um, whereas I was just like, well, I mean, I don't really have anything to do. I mean, I'm just outside. It was a beautiful day. The yeah. sun was shining, and it was just we were just there. I mean, it just kind of um, is, is what it was.
1: You you look around, Joe. You you're out in the beautiful countryside. You look up. Hopefully, the sun's shining. You can hear the birds singing. You know what's not to love about being out there? What's not to love?
0: Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, what kinds of you can just give us a general overview before we get more into uh, putting? But what are some of the general things that you will work on with people? Um, um
1: generally the things i'll work on is um getting a process in place now whether it's golf whatever it is any type of sport any type of career i would say uh, and even people that drive a vehicle they may not know it but they have a process in place they generally get in the car put their seatbelt on we should be checking mirrors etc and most people do they do it subconsciously they don't realize because after a while we get used to this but it's about developing a process um, which enables you to if you have hit a bad shot get back use your process and get back to make sure the next one is as good as it possibly can be Um, so certainly process is something that I would drive home uh, to, to golfers day in day out it's so so important Um, The other thing that I think many golfers don't do, and I wish they would, is talk about their good shots. Uh, What this will do in your mind will actually bring some some great memories uh, of the great shots that you've played. And yet, and I'm sure this has happened, I I know it's happened because I've played in the States a few times. Um, People come into the clubhouse afterwards and their friends say, how did you get on? And they say, I was doing so well until I put a ball in the woods, until I carved one left into the lake, um, until I played someone else's ball. What they're doing is they're going through recollecting all their bad shots and all their bad mistakes. So, again, another uh, little tip here, and um, I, I would urge anyone to do this. Whatever type of round you've had, you could have had a career best round, you could have had the worst round in the world write down uh, and and i will say that again write it down because writing down is is the doing part of thinking Um, so if you write it down you're actually committed to it you see the words when you're writing Uh, but write down your three best shots from that round of golf Um, now when i said that to some people joe they say well i didn't have any good shots out there but you know what a one foot putt that goes in the hole is the best you could do you know a pro can can do no better than hole a one foot putt that's a great shot but I guarantee you on that round of of golf you will have hit a good drive down the middle you may have played a good bunker shot or whatever and start to build up um, recollections of good shots rather than remembering the bad ones the bad ones yes note them because if you can't play out of sand or you can't chip, you can't putt, or or whatever it may be, that needs work, you know, go to a teaching pro and and get some um, solid work done on that. But in terms of the best shots, write them down, the next time you're faced with, say, a 12-foot putt, that the last time you were on that green you hold, isn't it great to have that memory in your mind, thinking, last time I was here, I hold this one. What did I have to do last time? to hold it. So certainly write three things down. That would be another tip. And I'll throw one word out there, Joe, uh, which you can use anywhere on the golf course. And that's the word possible. Um, I love the word possible. Ask yourself a question. Is it possible that I can hit this shot? Is it possible I can hit that shot? Uh, You've got to be realistic if it's a, a sort of 450-yard drive, unless you're Bryson DeChambeau, um, for most of us mere mortals, it's not possible. But if it's a a 200-yard shot, most golfers, that's possible. It's a 20-foot putt on the green. Is it possible that you could hold it? And of course, the answer to that is, yes, it is. And and that's the first thing I would uh, sort of start asking questions of yourself, ask good quality questions, of course. But is this shot possible? Uh, and that really st- uh, starts to kick off, going back to what I said about the process, your process. First question is, is this shot possible? If you're stymied behind a tree and you cannot get the ball anywhere out, is it possible to hold the shot? No, it's not. What is possible then? Well, I could chip out and then get on the green. So there you go, three little nuggets. Write three things down after you round. Uh, ask yourself good questions and, and use the word possible.
0: Uh, And develop a process those are all amazing i'm definitely going to start to do the writing down Mm. afterwards Mm. i would say one for anyone who doesn't play the greatest everyone always has those one or two shots you remember that Mm. are good that's what that's what brings you back to play more of course that's what happens um i find that i'm remembering more and more of my shots that i'm doing somewhat better and i'm focusing more on that than i am on the bad Mm. shots Mm. which i think is helpful Um, on that same round that I was mentioning before I wasn't doing the greatest. And then I was finally being able to put it into the fairway off the tee pretty consistently. And then, you know, I, uh, parred one hole. I was like, all right, well, that's good. Then next hole parred again, I was like, all right, this is good. Building up some momentum. Next one was just a birdie or not a birdie, excuse me, a bogey. Um, so I mean, it's definitely there and then focusing on the positives. And I just yesterday, or a few days ago, I was reading that kind of what you just said, ask yourself these questions. Mm. Um, not necessarily is it possible, but I do like that. But if you ask yourself positive questions, you're going to come up with a positive answer. Yeah. And I think um, it had to do with Carl Morris, who you've had some experience yeah. uh, learning from.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Carl always talks about um, that the quality of your questions determines the quality of your life. Uh, and, and it's absolutely true there, it, not just in golf, but in anything. Ask good quality questions, you'll have a good quality life.
0: Yeah, and I, I think um, writing down the good things is really good because I think most of us as humans just naturally uh, focus on the negatives because yeah. they seem so much more prominent. Um, and I start off every day with a little app that I have. It's like a little gratitude journal and just write down three, three, three things that I'm grateful for. It doesn't have to be anything. Yeah. Cute, but it's a great way to start off the day like, Absolutely. You know, yeah, it's a it's it's a good way to say. All right, well, I have these three things going for me, mm. right? Where it, it can always be worse. Um, mm. Doesn't seem like it can be, but it always can be.
1: Uh, uh, my, my definition, most definitely, yeah. Joe. Most definitely.
0: So you were talking a little bit about putting. That's what I wanted to get most out of today, yeah. I guess. And and the mental roadblocks that occur with that. I saw a stat earlier: um, putts that are more than ten feet. I mean, your percentage of making those goes down to like less than a third yeah. Uh, basically. And that's even for like, we're talking top level guys here. Oh, yeah. um, so yeah. when we're talking about amateurs, you shouldn't one expect that much of yourself. If you're, if you're putting beyond 10 mm. feet, which I'm sure most of us are uh, mm. at some point in the round. Um, but what are some of the common things, obviously working on the process, like you had said, but what are some of the common roadblocks that you find that people struggle with when it comes to putting?
1: Um, I think with, with putting, um, there's a few things that you, you've, again, I said this earlier, you can't just think you're going to be a great putter. Um, you've got to work at it. You've got to have a good putting stroke. Uh, and again, are a big up to all the teaching pros out there throughout the world. Um, in my opinion, not enough people, uh, not enough golfers go to their teaching pro um, to have lessons to get better. Um, So certainly you've got to develop a good putting stroke. But um, here's a question for you, Joe. Um, You just arrived at the golf course um, and you're probably like many other golfers. You go and have a little putt and you'll probably take two or three balls onto the green. Here's a question. Why do you go on the putting green before you play? Uh,
0: For me... I hope that the practice green is representative of the speeds yes. of what the greens on the course will be like so I can try to get an understanding yeah. of what that will be like so I have a better idea, at least in my head. I'm more along of the train of thought of you only bring your putter back as far as you need to, yes. and that's how much you follow through on the uh, – that's how, that's, that's how far – you follow through with as well mm-hmm. so the length of your backswing determines uh you know your speed and how far you're going to hit it that's that's yeah. at least the philosophy i follow when it comes to putting so i try yeah. to figure that out
1: yeah uh, that is in my opinion the only reason before around you would go on for the putting ring as long as it's the same uh, as the yeah. rest of the <laughs> just to work out the pace um, so I will, um, one of my routines, is I'll go onto the putting green beforehand. I won't aim at any of the holes. I won't try and hole putts or anything like that, which is what I see a lot of people doing. I'll go and find a fairly flat piece of the putting green and I'll take my, my putter back to sort of the 12 inches and, and follow through 12 inches and see where the ball ends up. And then I'll do the same with the other. And then I'll do the same with the third ball and all I want from the putting green is an idea of pace Um, what I might then do um, is just before I finish put the three balls about eight inches from the from the cup and knock them in and if you can imagine standing there as they're going towards the hole it's only eight inches you never miss those and you hear them drop into the cup that's quite a reassuring sound when you get on the. That uh, the course for real. So now you're standing on the first green. You're up there in regulation, and you know the pace of the green. And consider this: you have not missed a putt all day. What's that going to do for your confidence? You've hold three putts. Doesn't matter that they were eight inches. You're in in your mind. You're hear the ball dropping into the cup. Um, so certainly go on the putting green beforehand, but there is no consequence it doesn't matter how many you hold on the putting green they don't count Uh, and you may have heard this as i have done on putting greens when you hold a long one and someone turns around and says don't waste that one save that one for the course well clearly that's that's a load of rubbish it doesn't work so i would go and find out the pace obviously get a a good putting stroke developed uh, with, with your pro Have the belief that you will hold it. Now, one of my favourite English golfers, um, the bane of the American's life in the Ryder Cup, is the postman, Mr. Poulter. And if you listen to Ian, he will always say any shot around the green, if he's chipping, if he's out of the bunker, his sole intention is to hold the putt. You know, he doesn't lay up. I guess the only time he'd ever lay up is if he had two to win the hole in a, in a match play. And, um, even though, I think probably no impulse, he would, he would try and hold it. Um, so in terms of believing you're going to hold it, you've also got to be a good green reader. Um, so there, there's, again, you can only get that by feel and by practice. Um, and certainly in, um, in Europe, in in the States now, and you've seen a lot of the guys doing it. Justin Rose is doing it for, for certain. Uh, Adam Scott uh, is the aim point. Um, now, again, some, some people have got opinions on aim point. Um, my philosophy in life is do what works. Uh, I've been on a course with Jamie Donaldson um, I, and I thought it was superb. Um, I'd recommend anyone, and um, Jamie doesn't pay me to say this, um, but, and, and throughout the, the, the world, there's aim point um, coaches. Um, but it's fantastic. Even if you don't use it every time you play, I don't know why you wouldn't, but it gives you some great in, insight and, and depth into understanding how greens work. Um, and when you consider, Joe, that probably out of a round of, um, I don't know what the average handicap is. Let, let's say if you're an eighteen handicapper, so you're going to shoot ninety. Um, you played to handicap. You've shot ninety. How many putts will be? Will will make up that ninety? And I'd probably say for an eighteen handicap. Well, you tell me. What do you What you think? Eighteen handicapper.
0: Eighteen handicap. Um, I'd probably say you're. I would say on average, probably two.
1: Two putts per hole. So you're looking at so thirty six putts. So out of that ninety, well over a third are going to be putts. And I reckon if you two putted every green off eighteen, you'd have a good um, you'd have a good score there. Um, the pros uh, again look at the the, the putting stats. Um, some of these the, these guys and girls are sort of mid twenties. Is their average 24, 25 putts? because uh, of course you're gonna chip a few in and you're gonna single putt many of them, but it's still an awful lot of putts per round. Uh, they might be shooting 65, they're still taking 25 putts. So, uh, over a third. So the other thing I'll say with putting is, go and practice it, go and practice it, build up a process and, and something that like I do on the mind zone. Um, if any of uh, you, it's quite long to explain it on here, but if, you, if anyone wants to contact me afterwards, um, I'm more than happy to help and send us some details in terms of some great practices, some efficient practicing for putting. Um, rather than just going down aimlessly hitting balls, um, that can really help your putting. Um, it's also nice, Joe, to play with people that tell you you're a great putter all the time. Uh, but- which sounds quite conceited, uh, but I've got a particular friend that, that I play with quite quite a bit, and every time he says, oh, he said, it's okay for you, you're a great putter. Now, what does that do to my mental state when I'm playing against him? All the time I'm thinking, he, he thinks I'm a great putter. I, I, I must be. Um, and he'll miss a six-foot putt, uh, and I'll roll a six-foot putt in. And he turns around and says, oh, you're such a good putter so this is affirmations that i'm not just telling myself upside in here this is someone else telling you so surround yourself with people who are going to lift you higher and are going to work with you um, rather than tell you you can't do this or you can't do that so there's a few things on putting Um, keep stats you know if you want to get a be better at uh, putting um, keep some stats Um, If you don't know how good you are now, and you don't know where you want to get to, you'll never get there. So start to, and again, if anyone wants to drop me an email, I'll I'll send out a little process, maybe do a little video or whatever that you could uh, pop on the site of of your own, uh, Joe, just to help people uh, develop this process around effective practice. Yeah, I think
0: that's where a lot of people struggle with. Um, yeah. Myself included is, uh, you know, people will go to the range and just um, hit balls to hit balls and they think they're practicing uh, when they're in reality, they're not. They're yeah. just practicing, you know, hitting a ball. They're not really doing anything. And I've tried yeah. to get a little bit more into doing my routine that I've developed when I'm on the range, doing yeah. it every single time how I would do it on the course. Yes. And specifically pick. Uh, a target on the range so you know i know what i'm aiming for and i do my routine of whatever my routine is yeah. exactly how i would do it on the course that way it like you said it, it becomes a process it's repeatable
1: yeah i mean again you, you've um, it sounds like you're a pro golfer joe um you're doing all the, all the right things
0: I'm trying to trying to get better. So I'm trying to take it one step at a time here. But yeah,
1: Um, this happens all over the world. People go to the driving range and they get a a bucket of 40 balls or 80 balls and they get the driver out and they go smash, smash, smash. And the balls are going down the middle, over to the right, to the left. They're slicing, they're fading, they're drawing, they're hooking, whatever. None of those go on the scorecard, do they? And how many people come away from the range they say, I'm I'm hitting the ball so well, they stand on that first tee, which is nothing like the driving range. Now, the driving range, you've got a lovely level surface. uh, It's on the tee. It might be the perfect height for the tee. You've just hit 79 balls. You've got one ball to go and you think, well, that last ball, that's really the only one that's got any consequence. Uh, the, the last ball, uh, the driving range, because that's a one. If you hit a good one, you'll take to the first tee the next day. But you stand on the first tee and you just haven't hit 79 balls. This is your first strike. Might have gone on the uh, practice ground and um, in the practice nets, swung a few. But generally people, and I see this, uh, driving ranges must love it because people go down there aimlessly buy a bucket of balls, of uh, 40 or 80 balls, and proceed to hit them. Uh, There's no consequence around it. Um, And if you consider golf is like no other sport, it is a game of consequence. Um, If you're playing, um, I don't know, baseball, football, soccer, um, tennis, anything like that, um, you get many chances, don't you? If you don't score a goal or um, a, a basket, you get another chance throughout that time. With golf, you only get one chance. If you miss that ball and you air shot, sadly, you've still got to count it. If you three-putt the first green, you can't say, oh, let's start again. No, you've got to count it. And it's really one of the only games of consequence out there. So if it's a game of consequence, surely your practice should have some consequence around it. Mm. Which is exactly what you've said to me. If you go down the driving range, yeah, sure, have a, have a warm up and uh, sort of stretch, etc. I'm very much actually looking forward to him and F, the Spaniard. Um, I think he's playing his 707th game tomorrow, uh, or um, uh, tournament. It's a, it's a new record when he tees off tomorrow. But um, you probably, well, no doubt, I've seen his warm-up routine.
0: Um, Yes.
1: So I'm not suggesting we all go and do that. But before you start a round of golf, have a little stretch. uh, And and you're you're the expert at this, Joe, to to get people flexible and and, uh, doing what they should be doing. But when you're practicing down the range, put some consequence in it. So you've warmed up. Right, I'm going to take a drive. Um, I'm gonna take a seven iron, I'm gonna take a hybrid, or whatever it may be. Uh, and again, if people want some purpose around this, think about your local golf course and play the round down at your course, uh, sorry, at the, uh, at the driving range. So if you normally take a driver on the first, you hit one ball with the driver. I don't think ever in history we have gone down to um, a course and played six shots with the driver straight off. Doesn't happen. Um, Now, I totally get if you're at the range and you're developing a swing technique or you've been to a pro and you're trying to develop a different swing plane or something, I, I get that. But if you're practicing down the range, take a driver, if that's what you take at your first hole on your local course, then it might be a six iron. So you play a six iron and you can actually determine uh, because all these ranges have markers out there, flags, etc. So get your, your Bushnell or whatever and zap roughly the distance it's going to be. You might decide, well, I've come up short on that one, so I need to chip a 30 yard chip. So again, find a flag that's 30 so so yards away and play a wedge shot, play a little chip. And then you think, okay, well, I'll leave the putting for now. I'll go to the second hole. Oh, okay. It's a par three. I need an eight iron. So we we'll take an eight iron. You can actually walk around in your head, your local course, and play the course on the range. And I would say that is far better, uh, efficient practice than aimlessly smashing balls down there. Uh, although that is very good for anger.
0: Yeah, I would say. It was, I, I've heard that before in terms of practicing, you know, hit a driver and then grab an iron or a wedge, whatever, whatever you yeah. think, you know, you would need next. Don't just hit driver, 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 because that's not yeah. how you actually play. Yeah. And I did that the last time I was at the range, not the entire time, uh, but for part of it. And yes. it was really, because I've never done it before, it was really awkward because I felt Ooh. weird switching clubs every yeah. shot, basically. Um, but I can see how that would definitely and obviously translate to actually playing on the course because very rarely are you hitting the same club twice exactly um, it's yeah. not not typical
1: yeah it's it's trying to make your practice as similar as it is on the course now it would be a bit daft to hit a hit a drive and then walk up and down the dr- uh, the, the driving range um for sort of 200, 200 yards So make it really effective. I'm not asking to do that, but just think about changing your clubs all the time and and actually have some purpose, whether it's a flag over on the left-hand side, the right-hand side or whatever. Pick out a target and, okay, zap it. That's how far that hole is. What do I need? What's possible to get me there? I need a five iron. I need a hybrid, whatever it may be. But actually, put some consequence around
0: it. Yeah, that's perfect. Mm. I, when I go sometimes, I go with my father-in- law and um, there's uh, we usually play with like a, a wedge, like the closest, they're like elevated greens where the flags are, yes uh, that are closest to us on the driving range. and it's probably depending on where they set up uh, the hitting area from, mm. you know it probably ranges anywhere between eighty to one hundred yards. Yes, and um, usually at some point he looks at me. and He goes, "All right, we're gonna have five balls. Yeah. Whoever gets the closest to the pin and gets the most points wins." And so it just immediately turns into a game. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, I I don't know what what I want to say. It definitely gamifies it and puts it into more holistic pressure. Yeah,
1: it, it it gives you some consequence because yeah. especially if he puts one in close. It, there's a bit of added pressure on you, then, isn't there, to to yep. make sure you win exactly? Uh, so yeah, whatever you do, put some consequence around it, um, yeah. without doubt. Without doubt,
0: um, speaking of pressure, hmm. I, I feel like we never, none of us, most of us will probably never ever know what it's like to probably put for the win at, say, Augusta or anything like oh. that. But for someone, just like myself like i can remember a few rounds ago i had uh on a par three i was probably i don't know for less than 10 feet to a uh, for a birdie and i typically don't get birdies right and so i feel the adrenaline going and i'm like all right well this butt's for a birdie i can make this this will be a great great start it was only hole two yeah. so i was like all right this could be a good start to the rounds and you know i didn't didn't make the putts. What do you suggest or what are some of your techniques that you, you use sure. with your players for pressure?
1: The first thing I'll say to you, Joe is who were you playing with? Uh,
0: that round was my father-in-law, um, his friend. Um, and then and he didn't
1: uh, give it to you from four or five feet. He didn't give it to you.
0: No, it, you it wasn't. Time. I don't think it was that close. <laughs> no. It definitely wasn't. It was less than 10 feet, but okay. maybe not four feet.
1: Um, now, people talk about pressure and I love that word pressure because um, let's go back to what we said earlier. Golf's a wonderful game. You're out in the fresh air, sunshine, shining, the birds are singing and, and life is great. Um, that ain't pressure. That ain't pressure.
0: It's very true. Um,
1: very true. Pressure is not having a, a roof over your head, not knowing where your next meal is coming from, etc. So people tell me, oh, I, I'm on the 18th and I'm under so much pressure. And I say, actually, you're not the only pressure that we have on ourselves is what we put on our, our it's our own self-inflicted pressure. Um, and it's amazing how pressure builds when there's something out of the ordinary. For example, you had a birdie putt. Now, if you were on the green 20 foot away, you would be quite happy to walk off with a par. Yeah, but you're saying, well, I was four or five foot that's exactly the same as a 20-foot putt. It's still got to go in. And if you hit it on the right line, the right length, and if you go through your process, there's more chance of it going in. But in terms of pressure, um, it's a bit like the, the, the meaning of a golf shot. Uh, it's People turn around to me and they say, well, on the first or second hole, um, if I've missed a putt, it doesn't matter because I've got plenty more holes to go.
0: And then they get to the
1: 18th, And you're playing with your father-in-law and you might be playing for 10 bucks or whatever. And you know you've got to nail this four or five foot putt to take the money. And he possibly comes over to you and says, Joe, do you realise this is for 10 bucks? You've got to sink that putt for 10 bucks. That putt is no different from the putt you had on the first, second, third, fourth, any other one but all of a sudden you've put extra pressure on yourself. So again, I would put a little story in my mind around that to say, there's no pressure, it's just another putt. And if you look at some of the tour pros, uh, they amaze me um, how they finish um, and and block out sometimes 18 holes. Uh, At the weekend, um, Thompson uh, won, didn't he? I think it's his first win for mm-hmm. about seven, oh, wow, seven years yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, and and he struck a brilliant putt on the last. Um, and yet all he's done, and if you speak to him after, or you hear the interview, he's gone through his process. So in terms of pressure, what would I do? I would stick to my process. I trust my swing. Um, so I would do exactly the same on the, the putt on the first as I would on the 18th. Um, of course when you look in history some people can do that um, and I've got a little pdf again not trying to advertise um, Joe but uh, I've got a pdf that um, sort of deals with um, how we cope with pressure uh, again I'm more than happy to, to buzz that out to, uh, to, to any of your guys and girls but when you go back in history it's amazing when you've got that belief that you can actually get over that pressure. Um, And I'll cite someone like Dustin Johnson, who's won a lot of tournaments now, an awful lot of tournaments. But you may recall he should have won, I think it was a US Open or a PGA. Um,
0: Uh, I'm not sure which one, but yeah, he was
1: close. Four years ago. I think Mm. it was a PGA. And he had a putt to win it. Um, It was about three foot. And he, he missed it um and and lost lost the tournament if you go back to the open 1970 um sadly died a, a few months ago doug sanders um had a putt to win the open and it's he's become infamous and they used to interview doug and say does that putt still bother you the the pressure of that part is and apparently he said he used to say bit of a party beast now wasn't it he said, I don't think about it for more than every five minutes in the day. Um, but that was from 1970, you know, 50 years ago. Um, now people say, oh, that, that was a dreadful putt. He, he actually hit on the 18th. But he clearly was a good putter because he was leading on the 72nd hole. All he needed to do was sink the putt. But the pressure, the nerves, etc., the adrenaline got, got to him. So again, it's about, Trying to control that, um, that the, the adrenaline rushing around your body, the nerves, the anxiety, etc. Um, one of the things I will say is, don't tell yourself you're under pressure. Everyone else around you will tell you this. This putt, Joe, is worth ten bucks or whatever. It's a putt. It's just a putt. Um, and it's something that I know you do in your in your fitness, uh, etc., is breathing. Um, when people get anxious and they're nervous, they feel under pressure, what happens to their breathing? It becomes quicker and it becomes a lot shallower. And again, watch some of the girls and guys on tour, just before they're going into um, maybe the first drive or a, a putt to, to win the match. You actually watch their shoulders. They breathe in and they breathe out. And what that's doing is just calming their mind. Um, so, in terms of the pressure putt on the um, on the second for your birdie, just treat it as a normal putt. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Uh, but yeah. I'd be disappointed with a man of of your putting ability that he didn't give it to you.
0: Shocking. Uh, that's okay. Shocking. I I usually go around the line of saying there's really no gimmies. I I always like to put the ball in the hole. That's that's how it's played. That's how it should be done. So. Yeah.
1: I'm with you in that camp, and, and my, my friends that I play with regularly, um, they know that I don't give them anything. Uh, because it actually makes you a better putter. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Again, uh, if, if you want a very quick putting tip um, for, for anyone that's listening that plays in swindles just with their friends, they have a friendly game, and, and it all might be 18 inches, two foot away from the hole, and they say, yeah, you can have that. That's fine. It doesn't matter. There's no consequence in that game because the guy or girl has given it to you. When it comes to Saturday or Sunday morning at the monthly medal or the stableford competitive competition or whatever it may be, you have to hold them out. Now, if you're used to holding out 18 inch putts all week long, you'll step up to that ball. You will not be bothered about it at all. If you haven't nailed an 18 inch putt all week, guess what? pressure, anxiety, nerves, adrenaline starts coursing around. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I I don't do gimmies. Uh, it yeah. makes you a better putter if you don't.
0: I would agree. I was going to just quickly mention um, that, I don't know if you saw, speaking of the breathing, I don't know how they got this data. I guess, I guess John Rahm let it go. It was two weeks ago when he won the tournament, um, but yes. he had that one uh, flop shot from the rough oh. that went into the hole. They kind of launched him forward there and uh he uses the whoop strap and um i think at that time later after after the tournament was done but they released a a footage of him and his whoop strap at that time and you can see his heart rate was elevated before he swung but um just before he swung he was able to you know use his his brain and his his relaxation techniques to calm his heart rate and then swing and hit that shot. Mm. Um, Which I think breathing is one of the best ways to do that. And it doesn't take very long. It's pretty simple to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, When I, when I say to people, breathing is a really good thing. They they think I'm sort of being funny uh, because of course, breathing is a good thing. If if we couldn't breathe, we're, we're we're in big problems. But um, the reason that I say about breathing is it's the one thing that you can control. You cannot always control when you're feeling under pressure, anxious, nervous, or whatever. You cannot control sometimes what goes on up here. You sometimes, uh, well, you certainly can't um, control the adrenaline that's coursing around your body. That just happens. But what you can do is control your breathing. Um, And again, you'll see, not just in golf, but any professional sports person have developed really good breathing techniques. And it's just as if you're getting the oxygen in there. And if you count, counting and breathing is a great thing to do as well. You, you know, this joke is, this, yeah. this is what you do.
0: Yeah. It, it helps. It helps regulate the nervous system.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so next time you've got that four or five foot part. Yeah. Bit of breathing. Just gotta gotta yeah. start incorporating.
0: We had, um, I want to circle back to uh, the range question about using, the different clubs, like you're actually playing. Someone put a question in here and I'll read it. And they said, I've heard a great tip about the range to keep your clubs and the bucket of balls behind you on the range. This way, every time you grab a ball, you have to think about the shot you're about to hit this way. You're just not aimlessly hitting ball after ball with no real purpose. Mm -hmm. Is there a better strategy to this method of practice?
1: I I think that's a, that's a lovely, I've not actually heard of that, but I think it, it would work because you go to many ranges and you put your bucket of balls in front of you and it can be very automatic if if you're not disciplined to pick a ball up put it down hit it lean forward if you have physically got to move away to pick up the ball then i would say absolutely that would work it's again adding a process because you don't automatically hit loads and loads of balls even if by the off chance that you have carved one out of bounds you still have to go to your bag open the zip get a new ball out mark it and drop it so there's still it's, it's getting it more like what it would be on the course yeah. so i think that's a great question and i'm actually going to make a note of that because i, I I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of development on that it's it's a yeah. great question that um you've got to walk to pick the ball up hitting balls aimlessly Really, I just don't see why you would do it other than you've had a really bad day at work and you just, instead of going home to kick the cat, not that I'm saying you should be kicking cats, but you understand what I mean. Um, If you need to de-stress, then go and get some balls and just hit them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter.
0: Well, it's it's really easy to hit another one, right? If they're right there and you had a bad shot. I mean, I've done it before in the past where, I don't know, something just happened and it was just a terrible shot. And I'm just like, all right, well, I got to hit I gotta hit this one better and yes, just grab yes. another ball and redo it. And if more than anything, that's a great strategy to uh, at least get you into that routine mm-hmm. to think about your next shot, get a different club, do those different things.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, um, in, and I know we've been talking putting tonight, uh, but along those lines, Joe, of how many times do you see someone have a bad shot in a bunker and yet they've got into the bunker, they've – looked at the pin, they've lined up and they've gone through their process and they've taken the stroke and the ball stayed in the bunker and they step straight up to it and they hit it again. And they normally um, sort of knife it straight over the back of the green. Um, People do this with chips uh, an awful lot. They line up a chip and they'd be looking there. I need to send it over there. It's gonna curl around this way. And they duff the chip and it goes about three inches and instead of them stopping walking away lining up with their club again going through a process they tend to walk straight up to it and hit it again um so again it's that calming down so if you're at the range put some consequence around it for sure but i love that idea so whoever it was that, that commented yeah. on it thanks I thanks for that. uh yeah, I'll, i
0: can't see who it is i'll be able to see later
1: excellent um, i'll build that into the um into my mind zone sessions without doubt. So thank you.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um, before we end, I have a couple of just fun questions for you to answer here, Gary. Uh, what is the best course that you've ever played? Oh, that's
1: a tough one. That's a tough one. I've played, I've, I'm really fortunate. I've played so many good courses. Um, and generally, if you've played well around the course, you, you, yeah it, it, that's nice i think in the uk um it would have to be something like there's well, probably a, a there's a course called new zealand new zealand golf club, uh, club. um it's down in surrey uh, sort of to the to the west of london it's an absolutely beautiful over 100 years old quaint quirky heather everywhere um, that's a stunning course. Um, so that's, that. do I have to pick the top one or can I have two you or four? You can have
0: a couple. That's okay. I know, well, I know it's hard to have a favorite.
1: The, the other one is uh, another course. Uh, I've got a, a good friend of mine. That's a member there at Hankley Common. Um, we're, again, down in Surrey. Um, it's set in, I think they've got about 200 acres of heather alone. It's, um, it's a spectacular place, especially when the heather's out in bloom and i just love playing down there so that's probably the the uk courses um if if i said america then again it's I, i've not played many of what i'd call the top um sort of the, the whistling straits uh the, the top courses there sawgrass, but i used to love going to myrtle beach um north and south carolina and there's a course there called the witch
0: but yeah, I've heard of it. You know the witch, yeah,
1: yeah. And I just, I pro- probably played it four or five times, and always played well there. And I just, again, if you play well, but that's a that's a lovely course um, in massive sort of expanses. So yeah, that's probably my favourite American course. Now, all your uh, guys, colleagues, and friends, etc., i going to say, you need to play this one, you need to play that one. Um, I mean, I think the one I'd love to play where the waste management is held in Arizona. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's
0: a, that's a great, that's a great
1: one. Especially the 16th, the park. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean that that's unbelievable. And it I'm is. hoping I've been, I've never played St. Andrews in the next, uh, next couple of years. Uh, once things have co- calmed down across the world with COVID, which of course they will, then I'd hope to get up to St. Andrews, um, just so that i can say i've played there right um, Very nice.
0: there all right second second fun question here um you have a risky approach shot to the green are you going for it or laying up <laughs> um
1: do you want the sensible answer or do you want what i would do
0: tell me what you would do i'd go for it all right there we go, go that's, all, that's all we need to know
1: uh i'd go for it because listen you you've you only live once, apparently. And um, how spectacular would that be if uh, if you got it on the green from a risky shot? Um, but then I believe I'm going to do it. Uh, if I didn't yeah. think I could do it, I wouldn't do it, Joe. But
0: you got to ask if it's possible, right?
1: Is it possible to do that? Yes, it is. I'm going to have a go. I, I think I, I love Phil Mickelson, and and sometimes out there, I think I'm Phil Mickelson. Um, there you go. So there we are. There we are. Uh,
0: Last, last fun one. You're going to yep. go out for a round. Who's in your dream foursome?
1: Oh, oh. The dream four ball. I think, I mean, I'm of the era. Um, people like Jack Nicholas just put golf on the map. Phen- phenomenal guy. Uh, but I am of the era that to me it's Tiger. Um, I'm talking now golfing ability, not anything else, mm-hmm. but golfing ability. Uh, I think it would be awesome to watch uh, and play around with Tiger. I think European wise, um, again, the, the magician um, is going to be savvy. Um I just he was phenomenal at visualization, uh, and if you've ever heard the story with Billy Foster, his caddy, when he put the ball through the the Um, the hole, the size of a dinner plate. If you haven't, it's on my website. Um, It's hilarious. Um, But Seve had this vision. So I think Tiger, Seve.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. It's... It's a... I mean, I've seen him play a few times. I love his ball striking. Uh, And I'm probably a bit biased being being European. Uh, Rory.
0: I'm a big fan of Rory. I think I think he'd be a fun guy to hang out with and play around play around I think,
1: with. I think Joe the Kai is so talented. Um he's lined up for the majors. He's talking about pressure earlier, he's put pressure on himself that I mean he, he will have two or three great rounds and you think what's happened? He, he should a level power round. Um so I think yeah, for to to have a four ball with Tiger, Seve, and Rory Would be great fun. Um, So many I'd love to play with, but um, that would be a fun round.
0: That would be a fun round. Uh, Any last words of advice or wisdom in terms of uh, just helping people play better golf? The
1: the biggest thing I would say, and I say this whatever level you are, um, enjoy yourself. You know, it's it, it is a fun game. It's a phenomenal game um it gets us coming back all the time even if you've had a a nightmare out there you will have hit one or two shots you think that was nice that was nice and as you said earlier joe it gets us coming back uh and you know what if you're enjoying yourself you're having fun um you will actually play better because your body will relax more um i think it was andrew johnston uh beef um that, that i had the pleasure to uh to, to play at his home club um, and I was speaking to him afterwards and he said, just go out there. It doesn't matter what people think, just go and have a great time. Uh, and if you've seen Beef play, uh, which many people have, he has a great time. Yes, yeah. of course, he'd love to win more tournaments, um, but he's got a young, young, young family now. Um, family takes over the, the, for the, the goal for many people. Um, but my yeah, parting shot would be Joe, just go out there and have some fun. Enjoy yourself. Um, cause that's all there is in this world. Being happy. That that's the ultimate goal. I believe of, of anyone that's ever existed, be happy, do what makes you happy.
0: Yep. I would agree a hundred percent right there. Excellent. Um, how can people get in contact get with you, Gary? Uh,
1: well, uh, what I'll do, I'll, if I buzz over, um, email addresses, I, I've got a website, um, mm-hmm there's a facebook page i know this streams out to facebook so if i buzz you over some links um joe maybe be kind enough to put them underneath the video Um, yeah
0: i could do that and then um i'll also put them on uh the show notes as well for the podcast when it comes out uh probably in a few weeks yeah um but then people will have access to it directly from there too
1: absolutely yeah i'd love, love to do that and i say anyone's got any questions um i'll confess i don't know all the answers. Um, but if I don't know all the answers, there's probably someone along the way that I would go to, uh, and ask. Um, so somewhere I'll come up with an answer for you, uh, and, and, see if it works for you, but yeah, awesome. it'd be a pleasure to, uh, to help anyone.
0: Perfect. Gary, thank you so much for spending your time and uh, knowledge with everyone here.
1: It's been great. I've really enjoyed it, Joe. And, um, yeah, let's, let's do it again in a few months and, and see how the golfing is going from there.
0: Yeah, I think I think it would be great to get more insight from you at some point again, Gary.
1: Super. Thanks, Joe. All the best. And uh, and you take care.
0: Thank you. That was such a great episode with Gary. I learned a whole bunch of new things about what I can do to improve my practice and just my game and my mindset just from this episode. Uh, I highly recommend you go back and re-listen again and just pick up all the different things that Gary went over. I also highly recommend that you give Gary a follow. Uh, You can go right into the show notes. I linked up all of his contacts, including his Facebook page, his website, and his direct email as well. Uh, Once again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode, downloading and spending the time to improve your golf game and your life. If you haven't done so already... Uh, I would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe if you're not already subscribed. But if you are, please rate and write a review for the show. All that does is really helps the show get seen more when people search for podcasts so more people can improve their golf game and their overall health and their life just like you have by listening to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. Continue to keep pushing forward, working hard, and striving for greatness every day because when you feel great, you golf great.